0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Only 30 minutes are almost up, Swindon fans. But you're not there yet. And it goes! Oh, it's gone in! Brick left foot in! What a volley! It's the stuff of champions! It's the stuff of dreams! Donate. races it on goal, and donate 3 3-0, the Amex goes wild, what a goal. And now Murray could be in, mistake from Tompkins, what a goal from Glenn Murray, he's hardly had a touch, on he'll go, Michael Smith, Into what he's done, Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Together, a Brighton and Over Albion podcast. Uh, my name is Josh, here as always to run you through the top five stories of the week. Um, all, overall, uh, you know, been a lot going on this week for the Albion. Um, we definitely don't have a shortage of stuff to talk about um, and the top five stories are really packed out. So <clears throat> I guess we may as well just get cracking on. Um, hope your week has been good. Hope your weekend was even better. Uh, but let's start off with story number five. So story number five um, is going to be that Florin Andone article in The Athletic. Um, Andy Naylor had a conversation with uh, Andone at some point in the last couple of weeks. Um, and Andone was not a happy lad. Um, I got a couple of excerpts of his, um, a couple of key details to go over as well. So I guess the takeaways from it. And there's quite a few of them. Um, first of all, Galatasaray paid a £625,000 loan fee for him. So, uh, at least we got some money for him, right? Um, and they're also covering all of his forty-five grand a week wages. Uh, surprised that he's only on that much, honestly. Thought he might be on a bit more than that. Um, but, A, I'm glad that he wasn't on any more than that with the attitude he's shown. And, B, I'm glad that they're covering the whole thing because of this article. <laughs> um, so... It gives us a little bit more light into uh, the kind of deals Albion are doing. Uh, We were all all a bit concerned with LaCardia and Andone both going out on loan. Um, I think that we can be a little bit less concerned with Andone going on loan after the rest of this. Um, But it's good to know that we're getting money for these people. uh, And I'm assuming that we'll probably already have a fee agreed for him uh, if we decide to let him go to Galatasaray at the end of the year. Uh, Maybe just make our money back and let him go, perhaps. I'm not sure. But... There's a couple of things he said. Um, He's very disappointed with what happened. Uh, He's not saying he's very good, but he has to play. Uh, Or or that he has to play, just that he didn't have the same chances as other players. Um, Signed a lot of players. LaCardia, Alireza, Montoya, Bernardo. And they had a lot of games in a row. They could get to that level to play with confidence. Why didn't it happen with me? I'm disappointed with the club about this situation. So... Half of this is absolute nonsense in the first place. And this is like red flag number one with any human general, right? If they're making up a story to fit their own narrative, they're a problem. Um, So if they're in an elite locker room uh, and it's elite Premier League players all wanting to play in the same spot uh, and you're making up stories, then you're already two steps behind everybody else. Um, LaCardia, let's start there. Uh, He was thrown out on the wing where he doesn't want to play. Uh, He went on record at PSV saying he... Hated playing out wide. It is not his spot, but he played it because he had to. And likewise here, he played out wide again on the left and clearly didn't enjoy what he was doing. Um, Montoya got dropped for Bruno regularly. Uh, and I don't think Montoya even played the last eight games of the season for Bruno. Um, Alireza, uh to assume that he ever got to a level of playing with confidence is naive at best and outright stupid at worst. Um, the only one he really has any reason to be concerned about is Montoya, is Bernardo. Um, and at the end of the day, is anybody, did he ever take a look and think like, oh, he's competing with Gaetan Bong, you know, um, compared to the fact that he was competing with Glenn Murray. Um, not only that, but Chris Hutton played a style that was counter to Andone's style of play, right? He wanted a big man up front to hold up the ball, and Andone wasn't a big man, and Chris was absolutely hell-bent on it. Um, Hewton already had issues with bad selections, starting people he shouldn't be, playing pathetic players out of the position. Um, this should not have been a particular surprise to him. Uh, it was just... It's just baffling that his mindset can be so delusional. Um... He also said that he's a little bit sad about the red card. Uh, It was an opportunity for me starting. Yes, it was, Florin. It was a great opportunity for you starting. Uh, It was unlucky. Was it? A lot of times I tried to do this movement to protect the ball. I didn't make the calculation very well. He was faster than me. Got his leg before me. I'm really sorry about what happened because I left the team with 10 players. Florin, it was an absolute horror challenge. It had nothing to do with him being faster. Unless your mind is so slow that you can't see him there by quite some distance. Um... It honestly seems to be that this this bit of petulance is why he finally got the boot, to be honest. And can you really be surprised? Like, it's just absolute nonsense. The guy absolutely, nearly broke the lad's leg. And he's saying he was just slightly faster. Like, absolute nonsense. Um, They have the option in January, to be really honest, that I want to come back in January. And said, good, we don't want you back. Uh, Potter seems to be utilizing his uh, people leadership skills for, like, to full... Brutal effect. Uh, knockout, Andone, LaCardia, all players we have seen on the pitch act out. Um, kick off, cause issues, commit insane challenges, going off the deep end. Uh, you know, it seems that throughout the final 12 months of Hutton's reign, we lost the uh, the no dickheads policy that we were so proud of having in the championship and going up. Um, we really just allowed players to run riot, knockout. Um, or brought in players counter to that culture altogether, clearly with Andoni and LaCardia. Um, and it seems that the no dickers policy is back and uh, it's in massive effect. Also worth pointing out that uh, our chief European scout is headed to Stoke. Uh, interesting move. Um, it's also worth pointing out that he is probably the man that brought in these people, right? Uh, for every Bernardo um and Montoya he's brought in he's also brought in a wealth of piss poor striking options. So I feel bad for Stoke who have uh, who he's gone to. Um but I also you know hope that this is the beginning of Potter and his team being able to really scout people out and get in the players they want because if any of the players we currently have in this year were outright Potter players he's doing a great job, right? Like Webster is coming into his own uh Mopai has been a great signing so far compared to our other striking options. So far, so good. Um, so yeah, overall, Florian, you can go away. Enjoy Galatasaray. Enjoy competing with Falcao. I'm uh, I'm sure Glenn Murray is honoured to uh, hear that you seem to think that Falcao is an easier man to displace than Glenn bloody Murray at 35 years old. So good luck with that. Uh, story number four. Um, we finally... People have been asking the question for a long time. Uh, Last couple of weeks, I've seen it asked about 187 times. Um, When do we find out when the matches are rearranged in November for buying tickets? Well, now we know. Uh, Only one of Albion's games will be moved in November after the Premier League uh, broadcast selections were announced this week. Uh, Manchester United will now host us at Old Trafford on Sunday, November 10th at 2 o'clock English time, 9 a.m. Eastern. Do your maths if you're anywhere else in the world. Uh, all of the games not selected including the trip to Anfield on the 30th November something I found quite surprising uh, Liverpool not making it to a uh, yeah, fixture change is kind of rare um, obviously uh, I haven't lived in England for three or four years now but I know that getting to Old Trafford is already going to be an absolute mess uh, on a Sunday afternoon so I'm thankful that the fans that are going to these away days um, are not being shafted with two away days in a row being effectively ruined for a lot of people. Um, I don't know what that looks like on paper. I know what it looked like for Newcastle yesterday. I believe the last train home was in the middle of the second half. Uh, it's not great. It's not right. It's unfair. Um On the flip side, the good thing for overseas fans is that it's likely to mean that the Liverpool game is going to be on the main NBC channel. So if you don't subscribe to a package, uh, you'll be able to get there easily, easily watch the Liverpool game. And fans will be able to easily go to the Liverpool game. Manchester United, not so much. Um, So that kind of sucks. And it's normally about six weeks, right, from the uh, first of the month before we get the match rearrangements. So December... Uh, we should probably find out pretty much the same time next month, um, so keep an eye out for it. see how many indie games we get moved um, It will really s- be interesting to see what that looks like when people start getting used to the style of play that Potter is introducing and how entertaining it can be um, so story number three um one of them it 's just it really caught my eye because it was uh it was something i didn 't even know was a real thing um Brighton and Ovalbion have announced a deal with Monster Energy. Okay, so the deal sees the global energy drink company market. It's brands to fans at home and internationally. Uh, So I assume that you'll probably see uh, all over the billboards Monster Energy. Fine. Uh, They developed a commanding presence in motorsport. Yep, I get it. And action sports. Yep, I get it. I feel like every time you turn on uh, the UFC, the boxing, the Formula One, Monster is everywhere. Um, it sponsors just about everything and everyone, and it looks like they are getting in on the game. Um, it's interesting because uh, I didn't know that you had um, an official energy drink partner, uh, but, you know, whatever. Um, Monsters Energy's SVP said that there is little doubt of the passion and engagement that fans have with Brighton and Over Albion, and we look forward to offering some real value-added experience over the coming season. Like, I hate this cliche talk. Like, just say that you want your names plastered all over the annex, and we're good, right? Um, I see that they... I do see that Monster seem to be stepping it up, though, because they did a deal with Watford just the day prior. So, I'm curious to see them start throwing their weight around in the Premier League. Like I said, I wasn't even aware there was such a thing as an official energy drink partner. But I imagine the money is nice. I imagine the money is uh, probably quite significant knowing the amount of uh, forays into different things they are doing. So bring it on. Bring in all of the monster energy. We want all of it. We want all the money. And monster, if you're listening, you can send a couple of cans my way for talking about you. Thank you. So (laughs) going on to story number two um, and this one and the next one are going to be obviously a little bit longer because we are looking back at our match days Um, or looking forward, of course. So, uh, Newcastle, we got done with Newcastle yesterday afternoon, 5.30 kickoff or 12.30 kickoff, uh, English or Eastern, depending on whatever you want to talk about. Um, but let's go through the good and the bad. Um, so the good 70.6% possession away from home, um, unbelievable. I understand that possession percentage doesn't matter if you're not having shots. I understand all that sort of stuff and I'm sure you're in my in your car or your desktop saying, yeah, but Josh, you can have 99% of the ball, but if you don't get shots off or you're just playing around your back four, who cares? Well, we did get shots off. We had 16 of them to be precise, three on target, seven blocked, two of which of those blocked shots were absolutely heroic and were definitely goals. 87% pass accuracy. Uh, I thought we dominated the game, and really anyone who didn't think that, I don't know what game you were watching. Um, We really annoyed the home crowd, Uh, we didn't start slow like last weekend, really important, because last weekend, that first 30 minutes, we could have lost the game there and then, Um, we were really poor, and against the Newcastle side at home, who are already starting to boost Steve Bruce, um we needed to hit the ground running and we did um we left them looking absolutely bewildered after the first 45 minutes uh we weren't even doing anything um particularly special we were just playing the ball around them with schoolboy stuff and i think that's that's the key to potter's philosophy right back to basics but nice basics not the tony Poulis long ball basics let's play football let's get it down let's pass the ball around look for your easiest pass And the space will come. And he's spot on. Um, Webster, I thought was excellent again yesterday. Um, I wanted him to start, and he did. Uh, He won 10 aerial duels. The next best was Lewis Dunk at three. He doesn't come across as that much of a tall dude, but my goodness. um, He essentially kept Joel Joel Linton Linton, um, totally out of the game, aerially. Uh, Unbelievable. And it's quite funny given that he's replacing Shane Duffy, who absolutely is our best man in the air. So it seems that he uh, is showing Potter that he can do that too. Um, Dale Stevens, someone who definitely could have fit into that bracket of uh, throwing away games. He doesn't, I don't think I've ever seen anything uh, of him being a bad influence outside of games, Um, but obviously I don't exactly get the inside scoop, right? But we all know of Knockart's attitude outside of the game as well as in of it. We know that LaCardia is basically thinking he's a superstar DJ. Um, and just from Andone's interview alone, we get a good idea of the sort of human being he is outside of football. Um, and that's a bit of a dickhead, right? So when you're looking at Dale, you don't really ever hear or see um, things that he may be doing wrong outside of game time, outside of the 90 minutes. Um, he generally seems to be super likable. Uh, and... That's probably a big reason why Potter kept him as, instead of loaning him out because although he's definitely keen on throwing an insane tackle in and he did one yesterday that made me cringe, um, he's really growing into this role that he's been given um, and is starting to be treated as a real kind of dictator of the middle of the park. He had 112 touches yesterday, uh, more than anybody else. Uh, two key passes, two shots. Two shots! Two shots! Dale Stevens had two shots in a game. Three interceptions, two clearances, three tackles. Uh, He did absolutely everything you can want from a player yesterday. Um, The guy was an absolute monster. He ran the midfield. Uh, Gross. Better than ever. Um, He's now playing more key passes per game than in his first season with us at this point. Uh, In his second season at this point. He is currently having his best set of performances, statistically. Uh... Than any other season, um, I said that last week. I thought he was. I thought he was being utilized in a role um, that totally exceeds what we've seen him do before, and he is absolutely kicking butt. Um, he looks really, really good. Obviously, the pace is going to be a problem, um, and we'll get to that a little bit later on on the bad because uh, you need to be very specific with the players you're playing around him if you're going to utilize him as part of a front three. Right, in my opinion. Um and I don't think we made that decision right yesterday. I think Potter made one error yesterday. Um and we'll get to it on the bad, but on the good we've got a gross was incredible. Um and really the real shout out needs to go out to the two youngsters, right? Because we had two uh young men start the game yesterday. Uh Start the game. We didn't. We had one young man start the game yesterday and one came on. Um, First of all, let's talk about Aaron Connolly. Um, He had a very successful international break. He had a cameo last week. He had a cameo the week before against Manchester City. Um, And he came on again today. And he almost made the difference. Uh, He was operating on the left side of the front three. um, And he broke through at one point and had a goal line clearance. Fabian Shah, um, if he was half a millimeter slower, um, we've scored a goal. But the goal line clearance system, uh, the goal line system, uh, which is, you know, the only piece of VAR type technology that is without fault, um, showed that it was really a matter of inches uh that stopped him from finishing an, an excellent touch as well um he had 15 touches yesterday 100 pass accuracy he never lost the ball when he had it uh he committed one tackle so he depended he defended from up high too uh he was fouled four times um and he was on for what 12 minutes um only one other person matched that and he will be the man we talk about shortly but I thought Connolly was excellent for the little cameo he had yesterday. Um, and I think it's only a matter of time um, until we start seeing him make more appearances. Because um, he, he scored in the Carling Cup. I reckon we may well see him on Wednesday. Um, but he scored in the Carling Cup. He almost scored today, barring an absolute piece of wonder defending. Um, and he seems to be happy to play on the left side or up top, right? So Aaron Connolly... Great little cameo. Carry on. Keep doing what you're doing. However, my man of the match, your man of the match, Alzate. Steven Alzate. Uh, A man that made his debut yesterday at Newcastle as a left wing back. A spot that we've never seen him play before. Um, He played right wing back during friendlies. He played as a striker during friendlies and he played as a central midfielder during friendlies. He never played a left wing back. So what does Potter do? He gives the young man his Premier League debut uh, at a position he's never played before. Um, Most decisions like this tend to end in an absolute disaster. Every single time Potter makes one of these decisions, it turns to gold. He moved up to be a kind of left side forward. Uh, At one point when they took off one of the other players, I can't remember who it was that came off, uh, he ended up moving forward. And then he ended up uh, running the middle of the park at the end of the game. Um, He was a midfielder at the end of the game. Uh, Not once did he look out of sorts. He constantly caused Manquillo problems. Uh, He was thoroughly frustrated by the end of the game. Uh, He was a constant thorn in their side. He played two key passes. He also was fouled four times. Uh, He made a successful tackle. He really looked the real deal. Um, How exciting is it to see these players get debuts and play well? Uh, Honestly... Um, so I, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of in two minds, right? Because I feel like the sooner both of these players are nailing down regular roles, the better. But we have so much good competition in their spots. Solly March, absolutely phenomenal left wing back to start the season. I thought he'd been absolutely excellent. He's been getting plaudits from me and everybody else for the way he's been playing. Pascal Gross. Part of a front three, yes, he's slow, but he's causing so many issues and playing so many good passes that nobody else can play. Um, like, how can you drop him? Mopai, he's scoring goals. He's getting in spots to score goals. Um, he got in a one on one yesterday, barring a great bit of quick goalkeeping from the keeper. He scored that. Uh, barring an excellent block when the ball come through uh, from a pass, I think it was Montoya whipped it in. Uh, Mopai basically had a, the goal open to him, barring an excellent block. How can you drop him when he's performing, creating chances, almost scoring goals? Bernardo, We've barely spoken about Bernardo, but he performed excellently when we played him. Besuma just came back, came on yesterday, again, that's another part of the good. Besuma is back and fit. Uh just what is Potter gonna do with all these people? Um Alzate March Gross Mobile like I don't know. It's it's a dilemma I'm glad I don't have, and I'm glad it's him that has it, because whenever he makes a decision like this it tends to be the right one. So this uh the scariest part is that this isn't even including the return of Izquierdo in the future. If he's okay and if he ever comes back, which is something me and you have talked about a lot, um, I really worry that we never see Jose Izquierdo play football again. Um, And that's just my opinion. Um, It's just a feeling I've had for a while. I think we talked about this uh, last Christmas, in fact, um, on one of the podcasts. Just a good feeling I had. uh, And we haven't seen him since. So uh, we shall see. Um... But hopefully he does come back, and again that's an even bigger issue for Potter to worry about at that point. Um, but let's cover the bad because we have to, right? Um, and there's one very obvious piece of bad. So uh, the bad is that the fact that it ended nil nil, um, namely the nil, uh, the formation. So for me, like this is my kind of. Um, analysis my thoughts and feelings Um, and I would love to hear all of yours and I've seen a lot of yours um, on Twitter on Instagram Um, but I feel that the formation and the game plan that Potter is putting out there is almost perfect every single week Um, even when we play four center halves due to injury um, it works and if it isn't Potter rectifies it right he is out there proactively proactively quickly changing the formation, quickly changing what he wants people to do and where he wants them to play. Um, and it works. We're dominating the ball. We are dominating the chances. Um, and that is that is shown in a comparison, right? So last year we played Newcastle uh, at St. James's Park. Uh, we had 32% possession last year. We had 71% this year. Last year at the Etihad, we had 20% possession last year. This year, 46%. 46% possession at the Etihad is absolutely unheard of. At Watford last year, we put in one of our worst performances ever. 47% possession. This year, 52%. And this was Potter's first ever game in the Premier League. We also faced what? Uh, I saw a piece of information earlier. 74 shots we faced in those three games last year. How many shots did we face this year? 37. This... This ball retention, right? We're keeping the ball. We're playing a lot of possession football. Very similar to Gus Poiette, right? Because it's slow as well, and it's very deliberate. And it reminds me a lot of Poyet, which is probably why I like it so much, because I'm still a massive Gus stan. Um, But 74 shots we faced in in those three games last year. This year, 37. Um, It's not just style over substance, right? We are literally halving the shots we're facing um yes it's annoying that some of those shots are incredibly accurate this year Sergio Aguero um but the fact that we we were also told that um I saw on the coverage yesterday we've won two games in 17 away from home in the Premier League so far in a row um two games in our last 17 away from home and this kind of stuff is it's we're comparing apples and oranges right um of those, of those two that we're talking about, two wins in seventeen, and that was before yesterday. Um, one of them was under Potter, and one of them was under Houghton. So really, what you're look, what you're wanting to say is that Houghton won one away game in his last sixteen, and Potter has won one in his last three. It's not, it's dishonest, um, and I think this is where people are not seeing the foot, like seeing the forest from the trees kind of thing. We're not. We're looking back on saying, oh, we haven't won a, at home for nine games. Well, yeah, we haven't. But we've only played at home under Potter three games, and we've only lost one of them. And it was when we were down 10 men for 60 minutes. So I think we're doing incredibly well, but we aren't scoring goals, right? There's the bad, obviously. Um, and at this point, it's it's a struggle, right? Because what more can Potter do? Um, he's putting the team together. They're creating a treasure trove of chances and no one's scoring them. Um, I don't know what the solution is. It's not good enough right now. It's absolutely unacceptable. Um, the final 10 minutes yesterday, we went from 70% possession to 48%. Um, the fact that they never really troubled us is fine, but they are, we allowed them to push us so hard. We didn't need to do that. We, we looked out of sorts um, the minute we made our subs at the end there. Um, we need to finish out games if we're going to get points this season. Hello Burnley, right? We need to get that. We need to get those goals. Um, I just struggle to know what more Potter can do. He can't score them for him. Um, and the other bad is Aaron Moy. I thought he was bang average yesterday. Uh, he slowed the game down. Um, he played as part of a front three. Uh, he made a couple of good touches, but I don't think he really contributed enough to the game at all. And when you're, like I was going to say above, so this goes back to Pascal Gross, right? If you're playing Pascal Gross in the middle of, in the front three, you can't have another man as slow as him in Moy You need to have pace in both players. Uh, if it is Alzate, March uh whoever, right? Besuma, you need to have someone willing to make the runs and able to make the runs if you're gonna have Pascal Gross in that three, and Moy ain't it. Um I think he's suited to that central midfield role, the actual central midfield role. Um if proper or Stevens get hurt, I'm fully confident in Moy taking their spot. I'm t- totally fine with him being the backup, but he is not a front three player. Um and I think that is Potter's only error yesterday. Was it the difference between a goal and not? Probably not. But I certainly wouldn't want to say it was. Um, without... I don't know, man. I don't know. So, story number one. Uh, obvious, right? Chelsea next week. Um what are we going to get there? Uh, they're playing a very different brand of football under Frank Lampard. Um, I have not, I'm recording before the Liverpool game. So it's going to be even more interesting to see how they play today. I will be watching that with a lot of interest. So all these stats that I'm going to give you, um, all prior to Liverpool today. So, so far they've generally been playing a four, three, three Mount and Pulisic supporting the front man USA listeners. Your man Pulisic is starting to get some good, good game time in the premier league. Um, They're generally supporting the front man that looks to be Tammy Abraham. Um, Seven goals already for the season uh, for Tammy and has a history of scoring against us. Um, We will have our work cut out to stifle that young front line. There is no doubt about it. Um, And it seems that we absolutely must start with the pace here, comfortable on the ball players like Webster as opposed to Duffy, right? Seems like an absolute no-brainer. Duffy is the sort of player you want to fight tooth and nail with somebody like Giroud. If Abraham, Mount, and Pulisic are playing, you want a player like Webster to marshal them. Um, they've had five games under their belt so far, uh, 11 goals, 16 shots per game, 54% possession on average. So this is going to be the most interesting Potter tactical decision to date, right? Um, it was really interesting to see how he tried to play against Man City, um, but the realistic issue was we were never really going to beat them, were we? Um, but this is one we can win at Stamford Bridge. This is a young, insecure Chelsea side that are so confidence-based, it's unreal. Um, so what it, what is Potter going to do, right? They're, they're a team that's used to dominate in possession, as are we. Um, they have lost a shocking amount of leads, especially at home. Um, they played against Leicester and Sheffield United so far. They went into halftime 1-0 up against Leicester City. Uh, and they went in 2-0 up at home to Sheffield United. Both of those games ended up in a draw. 1-1 and 2-2. Um, this is a game we absolutely can get something from. We should be looking to get something from it. Um, I th- I know that's bold as hell. But with the fact that we didn't get a win yesterday and we haven't beaten Burnley. We need the points. right? So screw it. The teams that we expect to be around us are performing very well against these top six sides. We need to do the same. Um, we need to exploit a couple of things, right? They're bad at defending a lead. They're terrible at defending counterattacks. Um, that's why I'm so intrigued to see what happens today against Liverpool because that's Liverpool's MO. So <laughs> that could be an absolute disaster waiting to happen. Um, They're young team, they have a whole bunch of individual errors um, they're under a new manager. We're getting to play them early on. They haven't had a huge amount of time to bed in yet. Um, although we are the same, if we do keep a lot of that possession, if we can win the possession battle, and we can do that against top teams, we can keep a lot of the ball. Manchester City, of all people, um, then you may well invite some really silly, immature decisions from the youngsters playing for Chelsea. Um, they're going to be. They're not going to be used to being in the team without the ball at home. Um, when they had over 60% of the ball against Sheffield United, they had a good 50% of the ball against Leicester City. Uh, I think that it's a a team that is there to wear down mentally. Um, And clearly it is, right? Because they can't defend the lead to save their lives. So my 11, uh, again, who knows, right? Because Potter is insane. So my 11 um, is Ryan in goal, Montoya at right wing back, Webb, Dunk, Burn, all back three. March, if fit, back in at left wing back. Absolutely. If he's not, Bernardo comes in. If he's not fit, let's shit shit ourselves. No, I'm kidding. Um, If March and Bernardo aren't fit, which are both, you know, we don't know. Alzate absolutely starts at left wing back. Proper and Stevens in the middle of the field. Easy. Alzate starts. Gross and Mopi. No doubt about it. That's my back. That's my front three. If March and Bernardo, of course, don't start and we have to move Alzate to left wing back, Connolly starts. We need pace to support Pascal Gross. Um, So that is my front three. That is my whole 11, actually. Um, And that is about it from me. So uh, check out the ad for the pod next. Um, Enjoy that if you want to watch it. um, Listen to it, rather. I don't think you watch podcasts. But uh, after that, have a good weekend. Have a good week. I'll see you next week to cover Villa, to cover Chelsea, to look at Spurs, and hopefully we'll get less dickhead interviews from people like Florin and Donato. to have to look at next week on Together a Brighton Hove Albion Podcast. I'm Michael, the host of the semi-monthly podcast In a City Like Yours. Join me as I chat with interesting people with interesting life stories. You can listen to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You can follow us on Twitter at IACLYSPodcast, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at In a City Like Yours Podcast. Please feel free to let me know what you think and keep coming back for the many interesting stories in a city like yours.